Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Jennifer. And I'm your co-host, Holly. Today, we'll be discussing how to homeschool when you're going through hard times. We were going to have an interview today about how to find money for college, and that's still coming, but we just needed to reschedule. Anyway, before we get to our topic today, how has everyone been? Jennifer, what have you been doing? (laughs) I just returned from a nine-day trip to Costa Rica with a group of homeschoolers, uh, a group of teenagers and their moms. There were 12 of us, and we went to go volunteer at an animal rescue center there and you know also to check out the country and things like that and it was an amazing trip we worked really hard every day (laughs) we had to get up at six you know work all day long but we had some breaks for days out to go to things we went to a volcano we went to the check out the capital city and went to museums we went to a beach we did all kinds of great things but the most amazing part of it to me was the rescue center kind of acts like a hostel so There were people, young people, mostly probably all early 20s or late teens from all over the world there. So there were about 50 other volunteers there while we were there. And they were from 17 different countries while the week we were there. Wow. So our kids and ourselves, of course, but our kids got to interact with people, young people like them from all over the world in their downtime and just kind of socializing with them and hear all the different languages and learn about different cultures and how things happen in other countries. So it wasn't just learning about Costa Rica. It was learning about all over the place. It was so great. I love it. I have goosebumps. That's amazing. (laughs) It was, it was really incredible. How about you, Holly? What have you been doing? Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a lot of stuff going on. I've still got the cat situation and one of my favorite cats has gone missing. I think he just, yeah, I'm choosing to think nice things. Um, So the two female cats that I've been feeding that had litters in some hidden places, they were kind of being mean to him. I guess they were feeling real territorial. And Mm. I think he decided, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go away from these (laughs) these really unpleasant ladies. And that kind of made me sad because he was a really sweet cat. So my son says he thought he saw him in the neighbor's yard behind our house. We live on three-fourths of an acre. All the neighbors have three-fourths of an acre. So we think he moved a little farther away. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to choose to believe some nice people are caring for him, or maybe they took him in. I don't know. That's the thing I don't like about outdoor cats, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can't keep control of them very easily. Yeah. So these two cranky moms, uh, I know when they had their kittens. So one, uh, her kittens are about five weeks old and we still haven't seen them. We're kind of expecting that she'll start bringing them around soon. Mm -hmm. And the other cat's kittens are a week younger than that. So my whole focus now is try to find the kittens and get them homes and get these moms fixed and adopted and close the cat rescue doors <laughs> and just live life with my two kittens indoors. Two inside yeah. teeth. Maybe yeah. that other one will come visit you from time to time. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. He, he will or he won't. And, you know, I can't. That's just how it goes. The other thing is I've, I've just had a lot on my plate with different things at my church. We, ha- we have a thing every year called Episco Prom or the Last Chance Prom. So we have a big dance every year. Mm-hmm. So I got to go. That's great. Yeah, I went, went to the thrift store. I got a really cute outfit and danced the evening way with some friends. And I belong to a religious order called the Daughters of the King. And so we train people who want to be new members. So I've been involved in that. And that's mm-hmm. wrapping up now. So I'm like, whew. Time to relax. Summer's coming. (laughs) What about you, Melody? Just a lot of the end of the year 
things at our um, academy, academy, excuse me, we're counting down to the end of May. So there are a lot of things to take care of at the end and make sure we've gotten projects finished. Everybody's working mm -hmm. on different projects. The kids are, they all develop their own game and they're working on getting their game boards finished and their playing pieces finished and their directions written out, which, and then play your game with someone and does it make sense? <laughs> and come cool. on, say, come on, follow your instructions. So it's been real intense, the, the days when we're working on that. So that, yeah. those days are really busy. And, um, and then still, of course, you know, I'm continuing to unpack and downsize and we had a fundraiser at school. So I was trying to blast through things to have things to donate, but you can't really always go through stuff that fast. So <laughs> continuing to downsize, which is great. It's really nice to, to look at things and realize, oh, I can let go of this now. It's mm -hmm. served its purpose for me. It's time for someone else to be able to use it and make some space. You know, it's kind of nice to not have L things everywhere but anyway mm -hmm. are you uh doing the Marie Kondo or the Swedish death cleaning tactic <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I know what Swedish death cleaning is but no I was like I'm just looking through things like does it serve us in this next you know we we don't have any children in the home anymore so it's like we're in a new season and so mm -hmm. I don't need how to homeschool books I know that now <laughs> you can write the book we're not doing that now so I'm passing those books along to other people who are just getting started and I just some things I'm keeping that my kids want to use some things are being stored at my kids houses and things go back we share stuff all the time things go back and forth but that's mostly what I'm doing evaluating like what's going to serve us now what do we need what are we through with nothing is really off limits I'm going through clothes and shoes and I'm jewelry I just got rid of a bunch of stuff you know you collect things and then you mm -hmm. realize that just sits there and Mm -hmm. You know, I've had 365 chances to choose to wear that, and I haven't worn it once. So I'm just not really like it that much. Out you go. Let's get on into our topic because we wanted to talk about homeschooling through hard times. And so, what we want to talk about is not just a hard day or a bad day, because those we all have those days where you feel like you're done. But when you're in a life situation, mm -hmm. a personal hard time, or your family's having a hard time, it could be a lot of things a financial disaster or some kind of natural disaster. It could mm -hmm. be a natural disaster, some kind of upheaval in your life that does disrupt your routine. How do you keep going and how do you keep hard schooling? Hard schooling. How do you keep <laughs> homeschooling through that hard times? Like I know all three of us have experienced some of those things. So um, let's chat a little bit about what kind of advice you were given. Was it good? Was it helpful? Was it not? And how did you keep on going when times were tough? When you said a bad day, versus really hard times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you have a lot of series of bad days, that's actually a sign that there's something difficult. That's true. Yeah. Underlying not working. Yeah. Right. If you're having a lot of bad days because your child's behavior is out of control, there may be a learning issue or something. Right. So, you know, a bad day here and there, that's normal, mm -hmm. especially if your kids are preteens and the hormones are starting to kick in, mm -hmm. you may have a bad yeah. day here or there. But if you have a month of bad days, yeah, then you really, I think you're entering a hard time. I think that's a really good point. To me, having a bad day 
I think one of the ways you can tell is when you're just having a bad day or even a bad, you know, not a great week, really. If it's something where you can just take a break, like take the day off, go be outside, do something like that. And then it's better after you've done that, after you've taken a break, then that's Mm -hmm. a good sign that it was just a temporary small little blip. If you try that, if you try taking a break and coming back and it's still not working and you're still having a difficult time, you're probably going through something more than just a bad day. A bad day can often be improved by a snack. Or sometimes you have a bad day and it turns out someone is coming down with something. Yeah. True. Yeah. Got all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. All kinds of reasons. Let's talk about when it's not just a bad day, like something's happened. Like that's right. happened in our family where my husband has had a bad accident and then he's been out of work mm-hmm. until, you know, a broken bone heals or, um, some other kind of thing like that. I have had people tell me, you know, well, maybe you ought to put the kids in school for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I've heard that I, too. Yeah, mm. me too. I think that's the first piece of advice that's thrown out there. If things aren't going well, people assume outside of your circle, people assume that it's the homeschooling that's not working or is contributing to the problem. Even if it's because even if you've had a horrible, tragic accident in your family, if homeschooling's not going well, then it's attributed as the problem, you know, and immediately you hear, well, your kids could go to school. What's interesting on my perspective for that is that we started homeschooling because of a hard time. And it was a decision made because we were going through a hard time. One of my sons, my oldest son has a medical condition that requires a lot of surgeries. And when he was little, when that it first started being a parent that we were going to be at the hospital all the time and he was going to be having surgery after surgery and barely make it. He was in school at the time, barely make it to school, not be able to keep up with what they wanted him to keep up with. We weren't going to be able to keep up with it. It was at a hospital waiting for him in surgery where my husband and I went, why are we doing this? Why aren't we just doing it on our own at home? Mm -hmm. It would be easier for us. We also had many other younger children that it would be easier for us to handle if we pulled him out of school and tried homeschooling. So a hard time actually was the impetus for us to homeschool. And thinking about throwing your child back in school during a hard time is really puzzling to me because that's a drastic change. And I don't feel like you want to add on to a hard time by causing a huge drastic change in their lifestyle. Yeah. And public school isn't flexible. So one of the things that happened in my family is my husband sustained a traumatic brain injury from a fall. And so I had to take him to lots of appointments. Mm -hmm. And we had already been homeschooling for quite a while when this happened, but I couldn't imagine having to add a public school schedule into all that. Now, my oldest daughter was in public school then. She was in, um, I think, ninth or 10th grade in public school. And so she was older and she could get get up and and get on the bus and things like that. But it was still stressful because the school had expectations, you know, like Mm -hmm. parent-teacher conference or other events that I had to figure out how to work into my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was much easier with my four children that I was homeschooling to work around our appointments and still right. make sure they got their work done. And it was good for them to be able to be a support for each other while they mm-hmm. were concerned about their dad. They didn't have to go off right. to school and sit and wonder, I hope mm-hmm. my dad's okay, you know, or what's that yeah. doctor going to say about my dad? They were at mm-hmm. least home 
where they could be together with each other. They could also help me with the things I was doing. That was one of the things that well-intended people were, you know, suggesting that we put the kids in school temporarily. Right. Not realizing how much work we all did together at home. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is working. And so if they were gone, then all of the load for that would have fallen on them and me when they all got home in the afternoon. And we did not consider it. It was just one of those things I had to explain why we wouldn't be doing that to some Mm -hmm. family members. Those times were challenging. My husband had a fall from and broke both wrists. And so then he was out of commission for quite some time and I needed to find some work. And that's why people were suggesting that I put the kids yeah. in school since I was needing to find some a job temporarily yeah. or some part-time, which, you know, you can do all kinds of things now. It's mm-hmm. like, no, the kids were home. Dad was home and able to watch the kids. He just couldn't do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't see the school system as a babysitter. And I, I sometimes feel yeah. like that's what people are suggesting when they suggest that you temporarily throw your kids back into school or put them in school for a short period. And it sounds like they're saying, hey, use it as a babysitter. That's what it comes across to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's also concern for their academics because a lot of people wonder, during hard times, I have scaled our homeschooling back to basics. And people, you know, people think that in order for your child to have a good education, it has to replicate what a public right. school would offer. You're right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you temporarily scale back and you're just doing, say, reading and writing and mathematics, your kids are still learning a lot of other things, which you, Jennifer, right. as, a, as an unschooler know this. Right. But a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that even when you're not actively teaching a child a particular thing, they are learning all the time. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if you have to temporarily scale back for six months, you know, their education isn't really going to suffer at all. But people mm-hmm. on the outside don't understand how homeschooling works. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, no, you know, they're going to be academically neglected and yeah. you're already overwhelmed. You know, this will make it easier. I think um, that's a really good point. That actually yeah. came up a, quite a lot with COVID. And you hear the term learning gap now being tossed mm-hmm. around constantly that, you know, the kids all have this learning gap because they missed school for this period of time. And as homeschoolers, I know we on the outside were going, well, that's that's silly. That's not what's actually happening for us mm-hmm. when we take a break. Yeah, it implies that learning is only happening when you're sitting at a desk right. in the classroom. But, you know, you learn to recognize learning wherever it happens. And I know the as soon as you have some kind of either a trauma or a, an accident or something that shifts everything around, you you recognize what your priorities really are. And like you mm-hmm. said, you major on the majors. One important thing to remember is to be mom or dad or whoever at that right. time. It's like, yes, school is important, but right now this is like the family needs to pull together. And so you want to be there for your kids. They might be stressed out by what's going on also and Mm -hmm. need reassuring. And so like, that's the time to be mom, be the parent. For us, we would celebrate the small wins. Like we got up and like mostly did our routine, but that's a good day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We got Mm -hmm. some things done, you know, they all became more independent during those times because I just had to ask them like, you know what to do, get up and take care of these things. And then, you know, when I get back from whatever I had to go do with someone who was injured, then we'll pick up where we left off. And mm-hmm. just that whole, just the idea that we can pick up where we left off was very freeing. Yeah. Other learning was still going on, but like if I wasn't there to do your lesson at the normal time, 
I'll do it when I get back. And nothing really faltered. We just kept plotting forward. We did streamline some things, like you mentioned, Holly. Mm-hmm. We streamlined a lot of things, mm-hmm. took some things off our plate, and maybe we didn't do as many outside activities just for a time while we found our balance in this new situation. For my family, we've gone through a lot of uh, many traumas, <laughs> many trauma dramas. My husband, he had a broken leg and he was out of commission for weeks and weeks and weeks. I think that you know, when you have your children with you through these things, it helps them to learn compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. Recently, last year, right around this time, my one of my younger sisters passed away. And I was very sad. And my son was playing some music one day because a famous YouTuber had died shortly before that. There were a lot of tributes to him online mm-hmm. and he was playing some some song. And he kept playing it over and over again. And it, it just really hit me hard. And I said to him, listen... I have to ask you to stop playing that song because it's making me think about my sister. It's making me very, very sad. And I said, you know, another time it might not bother me, but today I'm having a really hard time. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. It helped him to understand Yeah. because he was with me and I could explain it. But if he had been somewhere else, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have heard the song, but mm-hmm. if he... <laughs> If he'd been somewhere else, he wouldn't be able to experience what it's like to be around someone who's Mm -hmm. going through a hard time and how to offer them some kind of support. We've lost quite a few people, my family and I, uh, since December of 2020. And so he's been with me and he, he didn't know some of the people because of the distance where they lived. But I think that's a really important, helpful aspect of enduring a trauma as a family because people think it's all, it's all terrible and it's not, it's not great while you're going through it, but helping your children to understand, okay, well, I have these feelings or can talk about these feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. When someone is sad, what can you do to help them? I think those are really important things that some people don't learn until they're very grown. That really resonates with me because one of the traumas that our family went through was uh, about four years ago, we actually unexpectedly lost everything we owned to a flood. Like literally we had no idea this was coming. And one day we had nothing. We lost our house. We lost everything we owned. And we got through it because we have a wonderful community of support and all of that. But part of that was also being a family. And I cannot imagine if my kids were in school, how that would have been, how that would have gone for them. We worked for weeks cleaning out our own house and going through our our items that belonged to us and sorting them and deciding what we could save. And they were there doing all of that with us. And they were mm-hmm. part of our community of friends and family that all came together. And it was a really special time, actually. I mean, and like you said, it was awful to go through at the time. But looking back on it, the community that helped us and the family time together during that time period was so important. And I'm so glad that our kids were with us and we weren't just putting them in a school and, you know, having a separate day. And and this would, for us, we were, you know, we didn't have a home for six months and we have 10 people in our family. So it was a struggle for six months or so. We were hopping all over the place at different people's houses and it was a long, hard time, but we were all together and they really were a part of making things better. And it was so valuable to have them with us. Well, you know, during a time like that, your family was the one constant in mm-hmm. all that upheaval was that y'all were all together. So whether you, no matter where you were sleeping at that time or what right. you were doing, I mean, that's, that's one of those benefits of homeschooling is your family yeah. time is the constant. We'll be back after this short break. 
Transcript Maker has been the number one sponsor and supporter of the Happy Homeschooler podcast since day one. And we love Transcript Maker. Over the last few months, we've shared our stories and all the reasons we love Transcript Maker. When I found Transcript Maker, I had a child going into senior year of high school, and I was really, really worried that I wasn't going to be able to make him a transcript because I really stink at Excel spreadsheets. I recently just graduated my seventh child, and every single one of them for graduation, I've used Transcript Maker. You can set it up and use it for multiple students at one time on one account without any extra fees, and that's been really, really helpful for me over the years. I didn't have to worry about calculating anything. All I had to do was keep my notes and plug them in to the transcript template, and it calculated the GPA for me. When I was homeschooling my children, I didn't have Transcript Maker, and I really wish I had. I was that mom hand calculating grade point averages, using a typewriter, what a dinosaur, right? <laughs> to physically type, cut, and literally paste course listings and grades to create my kids' transcripts. It's just been so useful to me. I've made transcripts on it for every type of student. I used it for all of my first five kids, and I'm going to use it for my youngest kid when he's in high school. As you can tell, we think Transcript Maker is amazing, and we know if you try it, you'll fall in love too. So for listeners of our podcast, you can get 20% off the cost of your subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY, that's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today and fall in love for yourself. Transcript Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts. Some things can stay the same because kids yeah. do need some steady things in their life. They need some consistency. They need to know what's going on and what's expected. And so when you're all and together like that, you can give them that. I can say during that whole time, it never crossed my mind. Oh my gosh, what about their lessons? What about school? What about their <laughs> right. academic? Priorities, that was not right? <laughs> Yeah, so I want to say that because if your family's experiencing an unexpected or sudden trauma or loss, drop everything. It's okay. Drop everything. Just mm-hmm. focus on what's important. Focus on your family. Focus on your kids feeling safe and secure and loved. And if anybody needs mental health support, focus on getting that. You can get back to the schooling and the academics later on. That's if it's a totally unexpected situation. I do think there's periods of life, though. For example, I've had eight babies. Um, and there's periods of life where you know kind of ahead of time that you're going to go through a hard time. It's going to be more difficult for a while. And you can kind of prepare yourself more for those periods mm-hmm. by doing things like that we've talked about, like simplifying things a little bit, letting go of some things, maybe lowering your expectations for what you can achieve each day. And when you do that, make sure you lower your expectations on your kids as well, because they're yes. also going through that difficult period with you. When I started homeschooling, I had four children. They were young, eight, six, three and a half, and 18 months old. And then I got pregnant. I was like, Mm -hmm. is this a colossal joke? (laughs) We just changed our lives and now we're going to change it even more. Uh, Fortunately for me, my, my fifth baby came in the middle of April when the school year was almost done. So that was, you know, that was serendipitous. We could just kind of gradually just wind down. But um, preparing meals ahead of time. And maybe if you knew what curriculum you were going to be using, get that underway. Because, you know, you're not going to want to go with a newborn to very many curriculum fairs. Although we did 
We did take our baby. (laughs) (laughs) The baby got to be in the front seat of the stroller and the books got to be in the back because I had a double (laughs) stroller. But yeah, if you have advanced notice, someone's going to have a major surgery, you know these things ahead of time. You can lay in supplies or Mm -hmm. even line up maybe, you know, some family members that can take your kids for something fun to do. When I had a new baby, uh, my mother-in-law was really nice about saying, hey, can I come get the kids? And take them over to my house for a few hours oh please do uh, but mm-hmm. you can That's ask really people sweet. for that too yes ask for help yeah yes. ask for help if I have learned anything over the years just ask for help I just did that recently I have a, a rather large yard and my husband is now semi-disabled um, he is not allowed to be on his feet for more than 15 minutes at a time and he's not allowed to do yard work so it's been very hard for me and Liam to keep up the yard and I told mm-hmm. my oldest daughter you know what really be an awesome thing is if y'all would come and help me with the yard. And she said, I can't, mm-hmm. we can't do it this weekend, but we'll come next weekend. So she and her mm-hmm. boyfriend are going to come and we're going to have a yard, you know, mowing yard and day. Yeah. Yard party. Great. And I'm going to mm-hmm. make dinner, but ask for help. Yeah. People mm-hmm. want to help you, Accept but help often don't y'all. know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Or if they ask how they can help and you don't know, just say that you don't know and, and then stop exactly. about, you know, cause then they'll, then they feel a little bit more comfortable about offering, mm-hmm. you know, can we come and, um, you know, maybe it would be helpful for someone to come do your laundry with you or go shopping for you. That was one thing. We had some oh, seasons where, well, thank where, you, you know... H-E-B delivery. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right. changed a lot of things for people, for sure. It sure has. Or even, I mean, someone else can pick up your order for you, mm-hmm. which has been helpful. And so we've learned to do that. Another thing we did to prepare for, like we knew a challenging time was coming, would be to work with the kids to make sure that they had they knew what our routine was we weren't Mm -hmm. real super structured but we had a routine and so they could get started on their own and they knew how to do things around the house they knew how Mm -hmm. to run a lot of laundry they knew how to clean up the kitchen they knew what kind of I mean those were our daily jobs we did them all the time so they had plenty of practice but just to make sure that they knew that like you know I've got to take dad to his appointment do your chores while we're gone. And then I would come home to a clean house and everybody was happy. And they also knew it's like, when you get everything cleaned up, you've got free time to do whatever, as long as you stay home (laughs) until we Mm -hmm. get back. Because we had older kiddos there watching the younger ones, but they learned some really important skills as far as um, like diffusing an argument or how to manage Mm -hmm. a conversation with each other. And they all got along really well because they didn't want to have to tell me when I got home. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody this, because it was, you know, like, okay, this is kind of a privilege. You get to make your own choices here. Choose well, choose wisely. Um, But they really did a great job. And I think it's because they just, we, we knew how to stick together and get it done and live peacefully with one another in the household. You know, when we were gone, we didn't have a rule, like no other, no other kids can come over. Even if someone knocks on the door and wants to come play, it's like Mm -hmm. not right now. (laughs) That that happened once. That was a bad idea. And everybody (laughs) got in trouble. (laughs) Everybody got in trouble, but we've had some things like, and also like if you have an unexpected accident and like one of my daughters had a broken leg then she was at home the other kiddos had to pitch in and help do her jobs because she was laid up for I don't think it was six weeks kids heal so quickly but just like you mentioned earlier taking care of someone who Mm -hmm. needs extra help school still got done you know she's sitting in the bed or sitting on the couch and we would all just move our table work over to wherever she was and um it seemed kind of fun which doesn't 
sound quite right, but it was novel and she was going to be okay. Something that we did, it was really different for a little while. We end up having some good memories from mm-hmm. those hard times. Now, sometimes in my family, there has been something going on, like when my parents were in the end stages of their lives, where I had to leave. I had to leave and go out right. of state. Um, and that was stressful on me. I think my kids were like, oh, that's <laughs> sad that mom has to go because her mom is dying or her dad's dying. But we're going to have but a woo-hoo. great time yeah. while mom's gone. <laughs> when my mom was dying, um, I did leave schoolwork and my husband had to take, I think had to take one child to some classes, some outside classes. My mom passed away in 2009, so it's kind of a while ago. But I remember I was trying to find a book. My child needed a a Shakespeare book or something. And I was all stressed. I was like, I'm looking online and whatever. My husband said to me, I'll take care of Texas stuff. You take care of Arizona. And he, uh, he, you know, did a good job and he made sure to help get the book that, that she needed. I was gone for two weeks at that time. So I don't believe that they did schoolwork that whole time. But again, two weeks in the scheme of 12 or 13 years of school, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. They had food. I had prepared food, which um, sometimes they didn't eat. Usually that was my husband. He'd be like, well, we didn't eat that food. I'm like, why did I make it? Um, Because I wanted to make things easy on him because he was having to fill in in a schedule that was not his normal schedule. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think sometimes if, if you have to go out of town to deal with some family issue or if you have to get a job, like Melody said, she had to get a yeah. job. I've had to get a job. Either I worked in the morning or I worked in the evening or something. That's real stressful. Yes. On the parent who has to take up the slack. Be sure you get yourself some kind of support, someone you mm-hmm. can talk to about it or, you know, maybe you need a counselor. And that's another thing is don't think you have to handle it all yourself. Right. When you're going these hard times. Did you all um, end up having any kind of people that you went to speak to when you were going through your your experience with the flood, Jennifer? You know, we did not at that time. We had so much support from friends that we were able to talk to and our kids also did. So we were able to get through that time period without going and seeing any professional help. But I highly recommend it. We've seen professional help for other things throughout our family's life. And it's really a wonderful idea if you're struggling. For me, I feel like it was kind of obvious when it was, for example, one of my children needed help. And for me, it was a point where I know my child really well, especially as a homeschooling parent. I know my child really well. I'm with them all the Mm -hmm. time. And when it was something that I just didn't know the answer to, I really didn't. I, I didn't know how to respond, didn't know what to tell them, didn't know how to support them. And then that was when I felt like it was out of my hands. I needed somebody who actually knows how to deal with this issue. It was kind of glaringly obvious in my case for us. I'm not sure if it's that way for everybody, but just knowing my own limitations as a parent was what was helpful for me. That's a good point. But I think sometimes people still think they need to, like, they need to handle it, you know, and tough it out or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like if if we just keep going, it'll get better. Yeah. Um, I definitely would not recommend that. And I will tell you, so this year, one of our very close family friends dealt with cancer and she is uh, another homeschool mom who is also like a second mom to my kids. Our kids are best friends. We're all very close and she's been dealing with breast cancer over the last year. And it, 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 there's been some difficult things, you know, she had surgeries, she's had chemo and radiation and 
she actually found a program that does therapy for children whose parents are dealing with cancer. And when she found that program, I reached out and was like, hey, do you think they'll let our kids also go to the program with your kids? And we reached out to them. And this is, I always ask, you should always ask if you can, but I reached out talked to the lady that leads the program and she invited our entire friend group of kids and said, yes, I'd be happy. So they went to a group counseling session with like 12 kids that are all friends that hang out and know this mom very well. And she taught them what cancer was. She showed them how IVs work. She showed them how blood systems work and like showed them a lot of technical medical stuff so that it was less scary. And they Mm -hmm. talked about their feelings and all of this. And it was awesome because then our kids, you know, first of all, they were there for their friends whose mom has cancer. So they were showing support in an actual tangible way. Mm -hmm. But then they were also able to talk to each other about it afterwards. So this is a great example of going through uh, trauma as homeschoolers, because these are all homeschool families working Mm -hmm. together. And because we homeschool, we had the time and the ability to stop and focus on that and make sure that all of our kids were getting to talk about this issue and process it and be a support system for each other. I think that's wonderful. I remember when I was a kid, there was a girl in my class whose mother had cancer and she died. And everybody, you know, people just didn't talk about it and they didn't yeah. know what to say to the girl. And I, it was just such a an awkward, hard time because we felt really bad for what she went through, but we didn't have any tools that we could do, mm-hmm. use to mm-hmm. support her. Well, you yeah. don't know what to say. You don't want mm-hmm. to say the wrong thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, way back in the day when I was in sixth or seventh grade, my best friend's same sort of thing. My best friend's mother was going through cancer and then my father also was ill and um, like we had each other but if you don't have a good friend that you can talk to about things you want to find somebody mm-hmm. who understands what you're going through and mm-hmm. you know even like you mentioned having a lot of loss in the family we also had a lot of family members die from different things illness or just you know some were very old and some were not well and it's a little bit different when it's a sudden accident and and there but we've had those losses too and um, a dear friend reached out to me and and told me to look up grief share she's like you may not think you need it because you have a lot of people to talk to but she's like it's really helpful to have someone who can walk you through your grief and help mm-hmm. you move through and move forward and while I didn't actually end up completing the, the program, just the resources that were made available were really good for working yeah. through and thinking about some things. Is that so, a website? Yeah, they do have a website, griefshare.org. Some communities will have a group. And I just reached out and looked around and found a group in my area, my local area. Mm-hmm. That sounds a like resource. a great resource. Yeah. And you know what? You don't have to have a person die to be going through the stages yes. of grief. Right. Um, a lot that of different events so in your life you that. Yes. Yeah, will cause you to grieve. Mm-hmm. Because we're with our children all the time, I want people to remember that if you're suffering through a difficult time or grieving, your kids are also going through the same thing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes it's difficult because you personally are having a very hard time. It's difficult to focus on that as well. Mm-hmm. But make sure you're getting your kids the help they need if they need it as well. 
Right. And also, I guess it's important to go ahead and mention, like, sometimes we try to keep on going as if nothing's happened. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize, like, if you find yourself just sitting and staring out the window, that's part of the grief process. And yet, you know, you realize, oh, I'm not getting anything done. Be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. uh, because you're going through a hard time. And also realize, like you mentioned, your kids are too. And so, like, you might not all be getting things done or you may just be going Mm -hmm. through the motions. It takes time to work through things. And like you said, Holly, it may not be a loss of a person. You have grief when you lose your home or, you know, other accidents. Sometimes it's you grieve the loss of what you thought was going to happen or you Mm -hmm. grieve like what was and everything is new and not everyone loves change. (laughs) I I do like change, but I like change (laughs) on my own terms. Change on your own terms, right? And so then you've got this stress because now what are we going to do? And I I know we were in a a really bad car accident back in about 2000 and we were rear-ended. And so not all of my kids were with me, but the the, the ones that were in the very back, you know how station wagons have that back-facing seat. I mean, it was really, really bad. But after we all got out and we're looking at this car that was like smashed between my son, it's like, now what are we going to do? <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We were actually on our way down to the beach and it was a whole lot of rigmarole, but there were still lessons in, okay, here's what you do when things go awry and they, they learn some different lessons then. And mm-hmm. it was not fun uh, at all, but um, there were moments no. where we got through it and it wasn't the end of the world, but of course, you know, we had injuries to work through. and Yeah. I want to advocate for unschooling a little bit here. Okay. So when everything in your life is up in the air and things are going bad or crazy or whatever it is, unschooling is a really valid choice. And it doesn't have to be something that you've been doing all along to be able to just pick it up and do it. And it can involve really basic things like sometimes we refer to it as life schooling, you know, with kids Mm -hmm. are just, you know, basically cooking, cleaning, helping around the house, you know, doing stuff like that, or just living life, going to the store with you, all of those things. Playing, just playing as educational, allowing your kids time to just play, especially if they're grieving, if they want to play, let them play. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Project-based schooling things are part something you can do as part of unschooling is ask your kids, like, what project would you like to do today? Give them the tools and let them go. Just let them do it. Let them do it their way. Don't be watching how they do it or, mm-hmm. you know, suggesting how to do it or any of that. Just let them go. Even using educational TV and video games to spend time while you're not able to occupy them or be with them are, is a great option. It's very valid. You can go ahead and do that. They're still going to learn things during all of that. Right. And we would pull out a lot of arts and crafts and just mm-hmm. creative, messy things that were still important, you know, art and the value of doing those sorts of projects. And that's exactly what we did to all those things that sometimes we don't get around to doing. Yes. And those kind of became the focus and some of the academics took a back seat. Some of it kept going because it's like the backbone of the day, like do some math do some mm-hmm. reading, but maybe we won't do spelling for a little while. I'll correct right. spelling from this letter that you're writing or this thank you note for bringing us a meal. And that was another, like we've talked about before, just living life yeah. and learning how to take care of things and learning how to 
pull together. And and even if you are in a place where all you can do is cuddle with your kid on the couch and watch something on TV, that's okay. That's okay too. It's Mm -hmm. okay to do that. Absolutely. And sometimes you're going through a hard time with your community. Like a few Mm -hmm. years ago, we had a terrible wildfire in our community. And so multiple homeschool families were affected by that. And everybody was going through things. And usually in a situation like that, the Red Cross or some other kind of organization is there offering assistance. Mm But when you've got a community going through things, you know, then you learn, what can I do to help my, if like we weren't personally affected, so what can we do to help the ones who were? Yeah, we've Mm -hmm. been involved in a couple of things like that that were more community wide. And I really think, again, as homeschoolers, having the time and the ability to get out there and see how you can that's help. Huge. That's it's done really well for our family, getting out there and volunteering where we can and allowing the kids to see the community trauma and be a part of helping it to heal is really beneficial. I always think of Mr. Rogers. Um, is he, yes. he would say how to help children through scary times and mm-hmm. tell them like, look for the helpers. And that's another right. thing that it's really important to make sure when you're going through these hard times, especially collective hard times, like the one that comes to mind to me is the day of 9-11. My oldest daughter mm-hmm. was in public school. I had just dropped her off to school and I went down the road to get gas in my car and they were announcing, oh, a a plane has hit the World Trade Towers. And I thought, huh, well, that's happened before. Poor pilot. That's terrible. But then after I got back in the car and I'm driving home, it's unfolding and I'm Mm -hmm. horrified, but I didn't know what to do. So I left Mm -hmm. her at school and she came home, you know, finally at the end of the day, she said, I wish you had come and got me. And I was like, I didn't even know what to do because you don't have any preparation for how to deal with these traumas. But right. the one thing I, I told my younger children who were home with me, like we watched some of it and I was like, let's just y'all turn that off and watch something else. Well, my husband, and I kept watching all the coverage. I was like, there are people that are helping. Um, there are people that are helping and there are things that we can do. Like when Hurricane Harvey hit and Houston was so badly flooded, you know, we could make donations uh, when we went to the grocery store. We could make donations to help those people. Yeah. Uh, so always finding find something that you can do or something where you can show your kids like there's still hope. even in this terrible time, because you can start to feel really hopeless. Yeah. And I think feeling useful is helpful with that. And I think kids really also like to feel useful. Mm -hmm. You know, we said all this, but really the short answer is that you don't have to quit homeschooling. You can just change how you're homeschooling to get through these hard times together as a family. Here at the end of our podcast, we like to answer a big question. Jennifer, what's our big question today? Our big question for today is, we're not done with our coursework yet, but my children are already asking when summer break is going to start. How can I get my kids to focus on the learning instead of wanting to go to the beach every day? (laughs) Well, you know, it's hard when mom wants to go to the beach too. (laughs) Sometimes at the end of our year, like we did the coursework, but we would try to think of a fun way to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, instead of doing their handwriting on the paper, like we, I would let them write on the window with dry waste markers, or we would write on the tile floor because it would come up and it didn't hurt anything. And it was fun. So it was a way to do something fun at the end of the year. Sometimes because the end of the year is often review of the whole year. If I knew that they knew the work, we would hop through and skip some things. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Mom was ready for the summer too. Well, I know that everybody can't do this, but for our 
in particular, our co-op that we're involved in, we always plan a end of the year trip that involves what we've been studying all year. So we're, the kids are all looking forward to that so much that they have a lot of motivation to, to get everything finished so that we can go on that trip. So it's a, having some big reward at the end of, you know, finishing is really helpful for my kids. Right. It doesn't have to be a real big reward though. Yeah, I agree. Like right now, um, so I haven't been there yet, but there's an area here where I live that has water in it. We love to go to it. So I'm going to go see if there's any water in there. And then maybe on mm-hmm. Friday, maybe next week, I'll say, because it's supposed to be real hot. I'll be like, hey, if we have a good week and we get this stuff done, then we're going to take off early on yeah. Friday and go to the, the water spot mm-hmm. that we like. Maybe get some friends oh, to go with, idea. you know, build in small rewards. They don't, some of us can't, mm-hmm. you know, get the big rewards, but you can still build yeah. in something. You know, if you're having a hard day, let's get this work done. We'll go to the park. Something fun, I think, is a really great way to finish out the year, for Mm -hmm. sure. But also, I would say go to the beach. I mean, mean, (laughs) honestly, I I feel like maybe we can do this some other time that we could do a whole episode on homeschooling at the beach because there's so much learning you can do on the beach for a day. So if you reframe how you think of it, yeah, you're getting antsy. Everybody does want to go do something fun. You can Mm -hmm. also go do something fun and create a learning opportunity out of it true sure we went can. to the park the other day we've been having kind of my son's been kind of you know he's uh 10 and a half he's mm-hmm. got a little a little bit of some something going on and i said look hey how about uh we get this stuff done and we go over to the park and he was like oh yeah mm-hmm. and our park that's close to us has a creek running through it and it's got water and we were just exploring around and he found a hole in the ground that was full of eggs that was super exciting yeah and then we postulated so cool. on do you think they're turtle eggs? Do you think they're snake eggs? We're not going to touch them. Mm-hmm. We took a picture. You know, we learned a bunch of stuff. We were, I was just trying to help him let off some steam, but we learn a lot every time we go to the park. Yes. I yeah. mean, it's mm-hmm. all valid stuff. It's just, right. um, if it you're is. trying to finish up certain body of work, which I think is mm-hmm. really what we're talking about. Like, yeah, maybe, I think so. mm-hmm. you know, you want to finish yeah. the math book finish or whatever. Book, yeah. I have another idea. And it may not be that popular, but you don't have to finish it. You can yes. just keep going through the summer. Yeah. Just do a little bit. Then they don't mm-hmm. have that summer mm-hmm. slump where, you know, you mm-hmm. start school in August and they act like they've never seen a decimal point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can just <laughs> slow it down and finish it through the yep. summer. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. We often just kept on going. Well, we kind of sco- ended up schooling throughout the year. And so we would just, we didn't really have when, when attention was lagging because it's starting to get hot or whatever. We just mm-hmm. take a break. We had some shorter yeah. days. We could take two days to do a couple of things if we wanted to. And then we would make use of, because we live in central Texas and sometimes it's so hot, we would come inside and do some school. Mm-hmm. And then we always felt like we were ahead. Somehow. Yeah. And so and it was taking breaks throughout the year is great because it takes a lot of the pressure yeah. off of that mm-hmm. end of the year exactly. crush. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, we never get through our math book in that way that it's laid out. Like Mm -hmm. our math book has 30 lessons and we're on lesson 13. We're almost Uh finishing 13. I'm like, "Eh, I'm not going to accelerate everything and just ramrod through. We'll just do it throughout the summer. That's fine. He'll finish the book in time to start the new one. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to review. That review stuff is a real pain in the booty. Yeah. Uh, Nobody likes it. (laughs) It's just easier to gently. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Some stuff you can stop. You know, yes. you don't have to keep so, the history going or whatever, but we always do some reading and math throughout the summer. 
<laughs> and he saw, always acts like it's the worst thing. Or, oh, like, give me 20 minutes of math. It's not going to hurt anybody. And reading, because we want them to keep reading anyway. So, mm-hmm. oh, he so, tells yeah. me he doesn't like reading. I'm like, well, it's important to read. <laughs> Yes, but yeah, there are lots of ways to to take care of that. We talked about this before, but maybe sometime we should have a a whole episode about it. I think that's a great idea. A lot of people don't know what to do at the end of the year. Before we go, we want to leave you with a few reminders. The next SAT testing date is June 3rd. The regular registration has come and gone, but the late registration deadline is May 23rd, so you can still make it. If you want to support us here and help us grow, it would be great if you'd help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review and sharing it on social media. Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with the code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed today, we publish our show notes on Facebook after every new episode. Get your champagne and party poppers ready because the next time we'll be celebrating our 100th episode. We have a very special episode planned, so don't miss it. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Melody. I'm Jennifer. I'm Holly. Happy Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast. Transcript Maker Production. My co-hosts are Jennifer Jones and Holly williams Herbal. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us.